Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of, we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah. Uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete. Um, gym owner and all around nice guy um, yeah and there's there's so much good information and good content there that and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah. can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing so yeah this is a great format you can do it on the go put it in your car listen to it it's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Right. Uh, yeah, hey, everyone. Um, Andy here from Evertrack on another Tuesday tune-in, especially with, um, with our painted Yeti Dave as well. Hello, everybody. How are you all um, doing? Isolation fatigue is deep. <laughs> hey hey george how's it going mate thanks for joining us um again and uh, anyone else has joined us hey. um as always we, we we do these on tuesdays just to sort of take on any questions that you have around any of our trips so um you know keep firing away i know byron here he is again he was on last week look at him hey He's byron just, yeah I've fire just, away with some questions mate and I've just, I've just written a response to byron's email Expect <laughs> it shortly byron uh, I know, yeah, Byron, we were, we were talking about you because I, I saw your email come in and um, yeah. when are you going now? Is it 2022, um, I believe, um, your trip? So you got you got some time yet, but great to see that you're on it, mate, and you're, you're passionate about and excited about your trip. So um, it'll be there before you know it. But um, yeah, so today, me and Dave were chatting and, um, you know, we <laughs> apologies if, uh, if you had an email from us or the, the tagline says, what are you sleeping with? We had a few um, messages back saying, Ooh, that you know that kind of tricked me a little bit, but it's um you know sleeping bags are really important, and it's something that you know like the when the first trips that we did, Dave, um you know whether it be uh, Everest Base Camp, you kind of um you take anything really because that's sort of all we knew at the time, um but as time sort of creeped on and you kind of learn a, a few things and you know how you feel and you know you kind of test a few out um you know we got sort of certain ones that we use now when it comes to sleeping bags um as always it depends on where you're going what time of year so sometimes we we kind of talk about it and we say oh well you need this sort of sleeping bag or you need this one most of the time if you were aiming for one particular sleep or you know like one or two sleeping bags you're looking at three to four season on most of our trips unless you're climbing a, a you know a peak like um island peak or mera peak yeah. um you know but we'll we'll sort of go into different bits anyway about sleeping bags um yeah dave sleeping bags then where do we start um yeah well they're an important and bulky part of the trip you know they fill up a lot of space yeah um yeah i was thinking like 
they're really important, but it's something that people tend to sort of, I don't know, they either go way, way over the top or way, way not enough, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and with places like Everest Base Camp, the weather is very changeable. Like you'll have some nights that are really warm. Like I've done a trip in September where I didn't use a sleeping bag for the entire trip. Even a garage, yeah, yeah. you know, didn't use it. Um, it yeah. was just like a big pillow support and I just used the blanket they gave you. Yeah. Um, and then I went last October and it was really, really cold. Yeah. Um, so my sleeping bag was needed every night. Now, yeah, like Andy said, three to four season minimum. Um, but there are some sort of two season bags that are really expensive, you know, so people tend to might think that that's great, but yeah. they're expensive because they're probably lightweight, uh, maybe water resistant and stuff like that. I personally think, yeah, if you imagine you were going camping in the Scottish winter, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, what you good point. Yeah, yeah. no sleeping bag is really too warm because, you know, you don't have to sit in it cooking. You know, you can always unzip it and unflap it and turn it into a blanket or whatever. Um, so, yeah, personally, I use, I know Andy uses, the um, the Rab Ascent. Is it the 7? It's the 700. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I'd even show and tell today. So I actually brought it with me from, you know, all the way from my living room. Uh, but, yeah, this is the, the, this, the Rab Ascent. It's, I may as well get it out now. Nice little rustle. Well, as you can see, it's quite dense down. <laughs> and this is yeah. when it comes to the equipment and, and sleeping bags. It's either down or synthetic. You do have some, um, you know, some vegan options as well. So where it's, uh, you know, it's almost not even ethically sourced. It's it's even like even more than that. Yeah. Um, I, I know that um, uh, Diane, I think, uh, asked a, a while back now about different types. And there are some out there. So if you are, um, yeah, if you are a vegan or anything like that, um, you, you know, there are sleeping bags available for you, like down jackets as well. They yeah. always tend to be a bit on the pricey side, um, you know. Like uh, you know, if you if you look at those sort of products, but the Rabba Seven Seven Hundred, you're looking at about 190 pounds for a brand new one. So, but they they are really good, very good. Yeah. I also think that um, well, when you go, if you're going to Everest Base Camp, um, our Nepalese <clears throat> site. Operation, we are able to provide certain things like sleeping bags for you. Yeah. Um, our advice is bring your own liner because they're not brand new. Hey, Brian. They're like clean and, and good for purpose. Yeah. You always have that added comfort of knowing that what's actually touching you is brand new. <laughs> you know, so bring a liner, like a silk liner. Um, you can buy a cotton liner for like a fiver. You know, silk liner is probably maybe close to 30. Um, and they do add up quite a lot of warmth as well, you know, especially yeah. the silk liners, they add quite a lot of extra warmth. Um, so yeah, that's what we I'd recommend doing if you want to yeah. save because they are. I mean, the Rabasent 700 and how much is that? That's about a 350 400 quid sleeping bag, something like that. No, this one it was 190 these ones, 190. Uh, yeah, okay, um, but I think you know, if you look at the 900, it's even more. You know, there are even sort of five season sleeping bags, and you're talking, you know, but they're again the expedition level. Yeah, um, you know, in terms of climbing an eight thousand meter peak, don't really need that. Um, you know, unless you go to the Arctic. Saying that, I think you know, if you, if you're looking at the different levels, because when it comes to the any sleeping bag, they got different sort of levels, haven't they? They got um, uh, I, I sort of done wrote a few notes, but it's typically for you've got like the comfort, which is pretty much anything that is you know, a male would be comfortable at, um, and have a good night's sleep. 
Then you've got things like um, what we've got here. You've got lower limit, extreme, and you've got like upper limit. To be honest, when you're looking at these, never go for the extreme one because that's almost the coldest you can do to survive. <laughs> you know, and you you want to make these trips as easy as you can. So go for the comfort if you can, where that is. If it's minus 10 in comfort, that means if it's minus 10, you can have a decent night's sleep. Yeah. You're not going to be freezing your nuts off. Um, yeah. You know, so definitely worth looking at that sort of range. Because I, I, I hear some people and they're like, oh, look at this one. It goes down to minus 15, but that's the extreme. I think, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I think um, oh, Sarah, Sarah said she should be at uh, be on the trek right now. Man, that's good. Uh, <laughs> but, um, don't worry, Sarah. It'll, uh, it'll come around soon enough. Um, Byron, the Rab 1100, that's a, that's a, oh, wow. that's a proper sleeping bag. Like, you know, yeah. um, that's one that'll be really, really good. Um, like I use the Rabs, uh, and Andy uses the Rab 700. Yeah. Um, so the 1100 is, you know, more dense down, more loft. It'll be thicker and heavier duty. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be, definitely be up for the task of, uh, Kilimanjaro. I can guarantee you that even on the colder nights, you should be completely fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it was on Killy, wasn't it, Dave? Ours were were perfect. The 700s. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, I mean, we were quite lucky. I think I don't. It was never too cold, was it? When we were yeah. there, um, even summit night was we lucked out because the night before there was a huge storm with like mega high winds and stuff like that. And we had yeah. it in the camp below, like a lightning show. It's like a Pink Floyd concert on Kilimanjaro. <laughs> yeah. Was pretty nuts, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, so I'm just going through here. We've got uh, a few people on the live now. Yeah, great to see um, all of the familiar names. Ramona, thanks for joining us as well. Claire, Paul, Chloe, Dave, uh, and more Daves. Um, yeah, it's great to, to see you all here, guys. Uh, so there's a few questions then, Dave. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one we'll ask first, because I think George mentioned, um, with the crap happening just now, I'll put it on here. Um, yeah, George, you know, it's uh, in, in terms of the, the backlog running into late next year, it's one of those things at the moment. I don't know if you were on last week's live we, we touched on it a little bit um and we've sent uh, we sent some uh, correspondence out to everyone in the autumn at the moment and pretty much it's it's one of those things that's kind of um it's it's okay right now um because we just don't know and it's as you know things move at a, almost a daily rate um, and it can change every day so at the moment the autumn's going ahead for us um you know in terms of our trips um everything's fine obviously you know, if the restrictions are still there, whether that be UK, Nepal, Tanzania, you know, wherever you're going, um, you know, obviously we have to look at rescheduling. Um, in terms of then pushing trips back to next year, we have looked, um, I mean, a few alternatives we've had. Again, we, we, we've sent sort of details out, but just to let you know, we've created more trips. Um, we're quite fortunate that we've got quite a lot of capacity um, to run trips sort of as and when we need to. So we've kind of done that. Uh, we've done that in the autumn for people who reschedule from the spring, and we've also done it for next year because we realise these are kind of crazy times, and we want to try and be as flexible as we can. Um, and part of that is is just opening up new dates, whether that be, you know, because instead of one thing we, we sort of normally do, um, or you know, we can do is add sort of two trips that go simultaneously. So you're separate groups, we're a separate guide, but pretty much you're going up at the same time. Uh, but what we've sort of decided to do as well is we've opened up some midweek trips. So instead of arriving on a Saturday, we've done it on a Wednesday. And and, and some people really like that option, um, just so it sort of spreads it out a little bit, um, yeah. you know, just to make it a, a, a sort of as, as good experience as it can be for you. So I hope yeah. that sort of answers your question, George. Um, I love Chloe Boxwell's comment there. Her sleeping bag was a toasty cloud. Brilliant. I'm going to steal that. 
I'll credit you, Chloe, but the next time I write about a sleeping bag, I'm going to refer to them as toasty clouds. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but uh, that that's quality. Um, that's all we do these for is just to get material, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, it's great. Ramona's on again um, with her questions. So, nah, sleeping remote. bags for phones and juice bags. Wow, imagine making those tailor size. Yeah, to be honest, I never really, I never really worry too much, and I carry enough juice, you know, to power the mountain usually. So, (laughs) to be honest, most of the time you're not wearing your down jacket, so I'll probably just like force them into the stuff sack where my down jacket is, or wrap them up in my sleeping bag or something like that. But uh, if I'm being honest, most of the time they just get chucked in the bag, (laughs) and um, you let the chips fall where they may. You know, sometimes I might lose some power, sometimes not. I think with the the power banks, you know, there is a lot of talk about whether they lose a lot of power when they're cold. Certainly true if you have them out. So yeah. when I was in base camp last year in October, like I mentioned previously it was really cold. Um, and I was charging my phone in Gorek Chef one night, and I just had it on the table next to my bed. And when I woke up, it was almost completely dead because the room was yeah. minus 10. <laughs> you know? It's cold there, isn't it? Yeah, so that that type of activity will sap it. So if you are charging your phone and in the in the night and it's cold, just stick it in your sleeping bag next to you. Yeah. You know? And um yeah, then that's more than enough. Another top tip as well, actually, which is um if you are if it is cold, or like Byron said, he's um he's a cold man, um, temperature wise, warm heart. But um <laughs> like what I would tend to do is get my sleeping bag and then anything I'm gonna wear the the next day if i don't wear it to bed which i'll be honest i do quite a lot just so i wake up put my boots on and off i go but yeah. just put like a base layer in your sleeping bag your trousers in your sleeping bag your socks everything so when you wake up in the morning they're the same temperature as you are <laughs> you know so when you put the so handy isn't it yeah it, it seriously it makes a big difference because yeah there's nothing more debilitating than when you wake up at gorek shepherd like it's 4 a.m ready to go up kalapatar and you've got to put on freezing cold clothes. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, in that situation, you'd probably just sleep in the clothes you're going to wear. Yeah. But it does stay true that, you know, a lot of people like to take their socks off, let their feet breathe, and also, like, change a base layer. So if you're going to put one on, make sure you keep it in your sleeping bag. keeps it warm for you. That's a little top tip. Yeah, definitely. And, and another thing work about, for you can do that. Also with the water, isn't it, Dave? I know something that we tend to do is say you get some hot water in the evenings, you put it in, in times your flask or something is that you can just put it in the sleeping bag it acts as a, <clears throat> excuse me, as a, uh, like a hot water bottle. Yeah. That keeps you warm, keeps you toasty. And when you get up, then it's kind of good to drink because it's already been boiled. Yeah. Um, you know, something that we've, we've kind of done. So yeah, very, um, very good point there, Ramona. Um, let's have a little look. Who, who else have we got on here? Let's have a look. Just got some. It's 700s doing good. Um, yeah, to be honest, it is a good bag, and I think that if you, excuse me, if it is like if you are suffering and you you are a little bit cold, you know, yeah. there's always things you can do. So, like obvious reasons, you know, you can just put your down jacket on. You know, you can put a pair of like long johns on, or you know, like Andy said, a hot, you know, fill up a bottle with hot water and take it to bed with you. You know, um, so the Rab Seven Hundred, I think, hits hits that sweet spot where it's warm enough for almost anybody um and it doesn't take much then to get comfortable if it is a bit cold for you yeah exactly um, yeah. is there a exactly. sleeping bag paul meacher is there a sleeping bag liner that's better than the others where is he there he is yeah yeah i mean there are some out there that are like antimicrobial so they don't smell there are others that are silk and they keep you warmer yeah 
with a liner, to be honest, I don't really spend that much money on it. Um, like I got, I bought a liner before and it was a silk one and I think I paid around 30 pounds for it. Um, and that's, it's done me fine, you know? So I don't think like the most, the best liner that you can possibly have is stuff you wrap around your body. So yeah. a damn jacket, some warm trousers and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you never really get into a situation where the liner is like the linchpin that means you're either warm or cold. You know, it's just yeah. like an added comfort to have. If you use exactly, yeah, it takes the edge off. Yeah. If you're using one of our sleeping bags um, that we provide to that aren't brand new, it's a little bit more comforting just to have that on you rather than a bag someone else has slept in. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's um, it. Sort of brings me on to another question because I think I saw a question here. Where is it? Uh, oh, let's have a look. Sorry, I'm just skimming through here. Here we go. I think it's Sital. Sital, hi. I know you, you joined. Um, you're on, you've been on a few lives now, haven't you? Um, but yeah, great question. So when it comes to the ones we provide for Basecamp, yeah, 100%. You know, we wouldn't want to give you anything that's going to keep you cold. So, you know, um, the ones we provide, they're all used. You know, they're not going to be as, as good as the ones you can, you can buy um, in the UK because they're locally sourced. Um, you know, this is why we do sometimes recommend bring in a liner and again it goes back to what dave just said there it doesn't have to be like you know um the ultimate liner that you can buy uh, just a cheap one would be fine just to go inside of a sleep bag if you want to you know a bit of hygiene i mean all of them are cleaned um afterwards but just for your own peace of mind really um yeah. you know so definitely they're they're fine i you know if you wanted to bring your own silk liner that that's that's fine sits i think um i've done it before where I've taken a, a liner. I actually, the, one of the very first times I went to base camp, um, I actually took a fleece liner, which was a big mistake because it's too warm. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Fleece it was very comfy, but then you'd wake up because it's just too warm, so you'd sweat, and it's no good, really. Yeah. You wanna, uh, the tea houses we use in Nepal, um, they, most of them, and well, they, yeah, 90% of them, have got um, duvets and blankets. So if you, are, if you do need extra stuff and you don't have the, 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 the warmest sleeping bag, um, you know, you can use that. The only thing I would say is that when it comes to something like Killy, when you're camping, that's when you need to have the decent sleeping bag. That you know, the Rabasent 700. Um, in on when we when we do Killy, uh, we don't provide sleep bags for free, but you can hire them. Um, it's very nominal cost that you can actually pick up one of the local ones. Again, if you don't want to buy, um, you know, go and spend uh, you know 180 pounds plus on a decent sleeping bag. Um, you know, but they are there, as Paula says. Um, I know, uh, yeah, if uh, Cotswood Outdoor, you know, don't forget your your 15% with uh, using the Evertrek code. Um, you know, if you're booked in with us, uh, don't forget to use that, unless obviously it's already got the discount on it. Yeah. Um, I just noticed Ramona said hi to Padam. I haven't seen, is he on live? If he is, Namaste, Padam. Um, Padam, hey, Padam one, how you going, mate? Yeah, one of our massively experienced guides. I think he's done base camp over 400 times. Yeah. Um, also helps out with the Everest Marathon quite regularly. So yeah, absolutely beast of a guide. How's it going? Um, a couple of questions there. So, yeah. um, uh, Dave, do you lads supply Bergens? If so, what liter? So right, the bags we provide. So you don't really need a huge, big, like high capacity um, rucksack for. Um, yeah. So they're the duffel bags that we put. Nice one. I just have that. Just accidentally had that by there. <laughs> well, I had the sleeping bag in it, so. <laughs> Yeah. So the setup that we use, Dave, is pretty much you arrive in, say, if you're going to use our bag, you arrive in Kathmandu, um, you can arrive there with a, you know, a normal um, suitcase if you want to. And then what will happen is we'll give you the 
Evertrek duffel bag, which is around 80 litres. Um, you don't carry that. The porters carry it, and it carries the bulk of all your equipment. All you need to have is your day sack. Um, we usually recommend anything 25 to 35 litres is, is enough for a day pack. Depends how much you like to carry. I tend to be on the 25 litres. Andy's on the 35 litres end of the <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I do recommend yeah getting a good day pack. Um, but other than that, like the big military style, big heavy Bergens, you don't really uh, you don't really need it on any of our trips to be honest with you because you won't be carrying that much. Um, so yeah, the duffel bag which we give you if you go into Nepal, um, if you go into Tanzania, you can rent those. They're only like a couple of dollars a day or something like that. But yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, definitely very no very well explained, mate. Um, so, ah, Mick. How's it going, Mick? Good old Mick. As you, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just read what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. Good old Mick. Good old Mick. Here we go. Yeah, so we got the article about the, the best sleeping bags. I put it on there, look. So if you are looking at different types of sleeping bag, guys, um, yeah. and, and ladies and gents, um, just have a little look at that one. Um, right, who are Carl? Carl's on here. How are you doing, Carl? Great to see you on, mate. Um, let's have a look. So sleeping bag that isn't a mummy shape. Yeah, there's there's a few... There's a few about. I'm trying to think off the top of my head because they are. It's ones basically. I mean, they are quite restrictive, aren't they? The old dummy shape, and I know they're not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, um, there are ones out there. I, I off the top of my head, Dave, have you got any idea? I know there's. Um, I, it kind of tie, it kind of ties in with a question that Tony's asked as well. Okay. Um, you know. If you are sort of on the larger size, yeah. um, those mummy ones, they can be quite sort of restrictive and you can't even move an elbow. Yeah. Well, most um, of the major brands, I'm pretty sure Rab do, I'm pretty sure yeah. Mountain Equipment do, like these XL sleeping bags. You know, um, my old man is about 18 odd stone and he's 6'4". Um, so I'll find out what sleeping bag he uses. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll definitely uh, find out and put it in the comments um but yeah most of the brands do do larger sleeping bags to be honest i'd be more inclined just to google xl sleeping bag you know 2xl sleeping bag and then filter it by the main brands if you stick with like a three to four season by rab mountain equipment mountain yeah. hardware um you pretty much can't go wrong um they might be relatively more expensive um but you can't go wrong with the quality and stuff like that so yeah stick with the main brands make sure you've got three to four seasons um and yeah those square ones rather than the mummy shape they are out there but i'll be honest they're few and far between these days because the mummy shape particularly for like trekking just traps more heat yeah um and that's that's the the whole purpose of the design is just to keep you warmer and more compact the larger the sleeping bag um you know the more space there is around you that has to be heated up by your body so it, they're not as effective as keeping your core as warm as the mummy shape but yeah, definitely yeah. most of the <clears throat> brands do extra large sleeping bags um yeah i would to be honest search for it check out all the forums check out all the comments this is what uh, that's what i do in my day anyway usually <laughs> it's just like you know read through things check out the reviews and then just take a punt on it unfortunately like a lot of adventure trekking gear it is trial and error, trying yeah. to find out what works for you. But just because something might not be perfect doesn't mean that it's not good enough. You know, I've done many a season with boots that weren't quite what I wanted, but were good enough. You know, yeah. and then I find the Mandel Bhutans and never look back. <laughs> I know you. Yeah, you love those now, don't you? Um, no, and no, I, I think you're right there. Um, you know, with regards to, to different things, I think 
looking at um, there's a couple more questions coming through. I know Claire messaged earlier. I'm just going to go back to what she said. Um, I know we touched on it then about um, Bob. Would you you'd rather get one one of your own to bring to Killy or hire them? Um, yeah, the ones we hire out there, <clears throat> uh, we use some back in February. I mean, we took our own rabs that we use. Um, you know, and it's pretty cold on Killy. But it's, you know, the ones they hire out there, they're, they're, they're good enough, um, as yeah. Dave said. Good is good enough sometimes. Um, you know, unless you want to spend loads of money, um, you know, you can use them out there. Um, it's relatively cheap um, to hire them just for the eight days that you're trekking. Yeah. Um, obviously, on our trip, it's the eight-day Lamosha route. Um, yeah, so they're, they're really good, Claire. So if you wanted to take advantage of that, just let us know. Um, I think as well, Dave, you, just going back to what you said then about, um, so I forgot to mention this. If there's um, a particular sleeping bag that you think, um, you know, you'd like advice on, then just pop it in the group, the High Altitude Ever Trekkers group, because yeah. we can, um, obviously, we'll jump in and have a little look. But also, as well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give our opinion on it. If we haven't used it, um, you know, we'll, we'll have a little look, especially with when you said about the larger ones there. Um, just so, you know, we can give our opinion and say, OK, uh, yeah, go for it or, or not. Um, you know, just just pop that in there. Sorry, yeah. you see the signal's gone really low here. We hopefully we're not. We're not yeah. Out. Well, Byron has asked about um, yes chafing. Right now, Byron, I've learned this from my uh, cycling days. You can buy it's called a chamois cream. Yeah. Um, and the reason why it's called chamois cream um, is not because you're going to wash your car with it, but in <laughs> uh, cycling shorts, the padded area is called the chamois. You get this cream, you rub it into the chamois, and what that does is it prevents the friction and chafing. Yeah, um, you can do that. Now, the way I've used it trekking before is um, you want to do this out of sight of anybody. You just get a, a, a scoop <laughs> and you literally just apply it quite thickly to where you're going to chafe. feels quite minging, but it does stop the any sort of nasty chafing. The other thing that you can do, and I do this on almost every trip I do now, is carry some um, uh, like talc powder talcum powder you know yeah and they sell it in namshi bazaar they sell it everywhere and the reason they sell it everywhere when you go in trekking is because it's so useful one i'll clean my hair with it ever since i found out that dry shampoo is basically talc that's what i do make myself look like a frosted <laughs> ice cream um, but then the other one mate is, is literally you'll see everybody doing it you know puff puff in the socks puff puff down the pants you know and you know on the leg, back of the knees um, and yeah, it is one of those grubby little things that we all have to do in order to look out for ourselves because yeah, some people chafe, some people don't. Um, and yeah, if you do do it also, I've heard antiperspirant deodorant, um, spray it like quite thickly on your thighs. Yeah. And, um, actually you, would, you wouldn't believe where I, I learned that one from. Um, I was chatting to a friend of mine who was talking about a phenomenon that she said was called chub rub, which is when the thighs like rub together. And an antiperspirant deodorant, uh, deodorant um, worked well. So um, try all of those, mate, until you find what works for you. Candy cream for cycling, talc powder, uh, deodorant, and stuff like that. I think John makes a good point as well, because John from Brecken is on. He says, don't forget the Vaseline. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Had to remain professional for a second because we know. <laughs> well, you know, for, for chafage. And it does work, actually, because I, if I remember rightly, Brian on here and Mick, I think we were on the training weekend. Um, and the first time in ages, I had a little bit of chafing. And they uh, borrowed me, uh, lent me, gave me their, um, uh, what would you call it again? Vaseline. And it worked a treat. Because otherwise yeah. it would have been sore doing another day because we did the second day on the Sunday. 
absolute lifesaver. So thanks, guys, for, for giving me that. I still got it, actually. One thing yeah. Ramon has asked, I think um, Andy's addressed it earlier, but we may as well address it again, which okay. is um, the likelihood of your trip going ahead um, in October. I think at the moment we, we are planning and aiming to go ahead with the autumn season without interruption. That's yeah. what we're planning right now. It's impossible for us to give any certainty to anybody um, that that won't change because we don't know truthfully what's yeah. going to happen with regards to three key things. One is, will we be able to leave the UK on a plane? Will we be able to transit through the country you need to transit through? And will you be able to land in the port? So what we're anticipating is at the moment that the UK workforce will head back to work um, from the 1st of July. Um, if that's the case, we should know by then with a reasonable level of certainty what the autumn season is going to look like. Because if we go back to work as normal, things open up and nothing too crazy happens, yet yeah, you'll be on your way to the Annapurna um, circuit. If something unfortunate happens i'm sure you all know the score by now you can contact us however you want phone email facebook message um and we'll rearrange that trip for you uh, no stress no fuss no fee plenty of that going around <laughs> we'll just move you on to another trip that suits you but for yeah. the autumn we anticipate right now that it's going to go ahead if that changes you'll know about 40 seconds after we do guarantee that hopefully before um, especially if it's in, in Nepal, because we've got quite close links with um, some of the tourism boards in the countries we operate in. So we sometimes do find out things before it's out in the press. Not all the time, because, uh, you know, some of these journalists are bloody good. But, uh, <laughs> you know, most of the time we, we, we are sort of aware, especially when it comes to the travel side of things. Um, you know, so hopefully, and, and like Dave said, as soon as we know, we'll let everyone know. Yeah, exactly. That's why it takes us about 40 seconds to write the email. So um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, we hope it's going ahead because both myself and Andy are heading to Tupkal in we uh, are, yeah. November. So um, yeah, and I'm not even not even thinking about not going at the moment. I'll uh, I'll cross that bridge or jump off it when I get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Carl's um, uh, another good one here. Um, cheers, Carl. Good, good questions, though, mate. Um, you mentioned about the the Vango Latitude. I've used that one actually. You know what? It's fine. I think, um, yeah, four season mummy bag, it is, you know, two kilos. Uh, it's, it's almost about balancing it out. But to be honest, the ones we hire are not too far off that. Um, I wouldn't say it's too heavy at all if it's, um, you know, that's probably good for the three peaks, three passes. Um, you know, it does get a bit cold. Um, I can't off the top of my head think of time of year that you're going, Carl. Um, I have to remind us um, if you're on here. But I think, um, you know, even for the, the latter parts of the, the autumn, um, so, so, so even if you go in November or March, you know, it tends to be the colder times. Um, I would say a four season Bango latitude is pretty good. Um, I've used it. And again, it's it's pretty good, actually. I wouldn't say, you know, on a personal level, I prefer the RAB, but um, Bango makes some really good sleeping bags. So I think, um, you know, you've got not going, not doing too bad with that. Carl's going on the 9th of October, 2021. Oh, OK, cool. So, yeah, with, um, I, just, I just knew that, Carl. I just knew that intuitively, mate. Didn't check it on the laptop or anything there, mate. Just <laughs> very good, very good, David. Uh, nice, yeah, great questions today, guys. It's good to see everyone on. It's, um, I mean, today, I wanted today to be a little bit shorter because we, we got some stuff going on. But, um, I mean, any questions you do post on here, we'll, we'll obviously try and get back to you as soon as we can. <laughs> um, going back to, to sleeping bags, I mean, we've talked about you know, different types of sleeping bag, whether it's synthetic, down, 
Um, you know, you can't go too wrong, really, as long as you choose three or a four season. You know, if you're going in winter, then, you know, a little bit of, I say common sense, but it's, you know, you're probably going to need a little bit more, um, you know, if you're going in winter kind of time. Yeah. I'd say latter part of November into March, you know, any of those sort of periods of time. Uh, in every, we've talked about every space camp now. Um, then you're probably going to need definitely a four season. Um, when it comes to Kilimanjaro, um, you could get away with a three season. Again, it depends on the time of year. If you're going in sort of January, February, um, you know, we, we run some trips around then. Um, I'd stick with a four season. Um, when we were on, you know, we took a four season and it was perfect, absolutely perfect out there. Um, you know, if you go in sort of uh, summer months, um, you know, you could probably get away with a three season, but take a four if you're going on Killy. Um, because yeah. you won't, once you're up there, I mean, knowing the guys, if, if, if you weren't liking it, they'd probably run back down and grab you a new one, <laughs> you know, especially if it's yes, but you know, it's diff it's difficult when you're in a remote region then or, or somewhere that's not easily accessible. Um, Machu Picchu, you, you don't need, um, you know, winter sleeping bag for that. Three seasons fine. Um, you know, we, when on the, the, the actual Tomakea route, uh, we do some camping and, you know, a three seasons perfect there. Uh, even though you've gone over one of the high passes, um, when you drop down, it's um, where, where you camp is actually quite nice. Um, and Peru's quite, where you are, is quite warm anyway. Um, you're thinking of Mount Tupcar. So just sort of go on that trip. Again, if you're going in the winter, then you probably need a four season because um, you're going to be staying in the refuge. You're going to be maybe camping, depending as well if you're on the eight day or the four. So, you know, if, if you're on the four day, it's literally up, refuge, climb, back down. You know, it's really quick. So, again, you're not going to be out in the elements. But just just think about the time of year you're going. Um, you know, uh, it's always good to, to do a little bit of research. But, um, you know, if you do want any advice on that, just pop us a little question. Um, email us, message us, even pop it in the um, the other group. And we'll get back to you. But yeah, cheers, Dave. It's been um, another yeah. good one. Yeah, exactly. One of my favorite ones. You know, every time we decide we're going to do a kit one, I'm always like, get in. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you do love talking about kit. But uh, no, no, it's great. It's always great to, to see everyone, um, you know, see the the usuals and um, see some old friends as well. So, yeah, I hope you're all staying safe. Um, yeah. Again, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll have a Tuesday tune in. But as I said, anything in the interim, um, just give us a shout and uh, we'll get back in touch. Yeah. Nice one, Dave. Chat to you soon. Nice one. Nice one, and Cheers, guys. All the best. Bye. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.